and I would tell myself to do things that they might not be like job skills, but to do things that you love to do. Mm. If you love to read, read a lot. If you love to write, 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 write. Mm. If you want to, I don't know, like dance, dance a lot, mm. you know, like because this, this makes you interesting. Mm. And when you when you write, when you write because you are happy and because you are you feel good inside, right? Then you shine, and then you get you get chances here and there. And when, for example, when I was close. Welcome to the Grow Beyond podcast, a podcast devoted to international working experience. At Grow Beyond, we facilitate global career starts and help people to grow beyond their comfort zone. In this podcast, we interview young people that have built an international career on the steps they took, the challenges they faced and the lessons they've learned. They share tips and tricks and insights on their industries and countries they are working in. We are showcasing international opportunities and highlight how finding work abroad might advance a career faster than staying in your comfort zone. Let's get ready to grow. You are listening to the Grow Beyond podcast, episode three. Welcome. I am super excited because today we're talking to Bernard Anasio Martinez. And Bernard is a PR communications and digital branding expert who has collected professional and personal experience in over 35 different countries. Bernard studied in Spain and the UK and he worked in Barcelona, Beijing and Brussels and is very passionate about creating sustainable change in our society. Without no further ado, here is Bernard to tell us about his international experience. So I'm so excited to welcome Bernard tonight on this Grow Beyond podcast number three. Thank you so much for joining us, Bernard, from Barcelona. Okay. Thank you, Rana. <laughs> so you have a very international background as well. You've been to many different countries before actually returning to your home country now, where you are now based in Spain. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background in which countries you lived and worked and what your international journey was so far. Okay, I finished my my degree here in Spain in Barcelona on mm -hmm. uh, 28 and then I decided that I had to improve my skills, especially my languages, mm -hmm. and I started to travel because I, I felt like, okay, I have a degree in communication, but I cannot really communicate in English, I cannot really communicate in other languages, so what can I offer to mm -hmm. to my to my boss or to companies or to mm -hmm. new jobs I can get. Mm -hmm. So I, I traveled kind of in a lot of countries and then I moved to London to okay. especially study English and to improve my English. And then from there I decided, no, I cannot go back home. So I have, I have to <laughs> move somewhere else that it's even like more extreme. So I started to look. And I had lots of problems to, to try to get into, like, uh, foreign countries out of Europe. Okay. And especially I wanted to go to China. Okay. But then I had a lot of problems because I didn't know how to get my visa. I didn't know how to talk to companies and mm -hmm. tell, okay, I'm offering, uh, like, my skills to help you. But I didn't know how to do it. And then at the end, I find a way. It was difficult, but I find it. And then I moved to Beijing. 
which mm-hmm. was a great experience. And I learned a lot of things. And this opened one of the biggest doors of my life mm-hmm. because always I wanted to work in the European Parliament, at least for a few months. And I was applying for scholarships uh, there and trainships, but it was impossible. They were always saying, oh, sorry, <laughs> we cannot accept you, whatever, whatever. And then after China, I applied from Beijing, like, okay, I'm in Beijing, I want to I wanna work in the European Parliament. And they said, okay, you have a nice background. I love mm-hmm. your background, communication, you are living in China, that means that you are not afraid of like leaving somewhere else. That means that you are like challenging yourself every day. And yeah, yeah I got I got the job in the European Parliament for six months. And yeah, I moved back to Europe. I moved to Brussels. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I've done a lot of courses in different cities. I went to London to do entrepreneurial courses, Barcelona back. And then I was applying for scholarships in different universities in Europe. It was Denmark and the UK. And mm-hmm. finally, I got into Leeds University and I got the scholarship there in the business school. And I moved for one year in Leeds. And then I came back home to work <laughs> for a very nice project. I, I didn't want to come back actually to Barcelona, but then I found this very nice project, startup, starting from the very beginning, cool. like months before launching the product. And yeah. Like I fell in love <laughs> and I came back and wow. there I am. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for taking us on this little journey around the world. Um, a few questions obviously rise from that. So why did you decide, for example, on China, first of all, was it really that you was just looking for something completely different or how did you pick that country specifically? I picked it because first I challenged myself going to London because of family reasons and stuff. I really wanted like, a big change in my life yeah and and then after London I was like this is not enough I have to challenge myself even more and then I thought which is the country that can challenge you the most and then I thought like China okay. like very yeah. difficult language like totally different culture and like everything is different so I I was China is the place to go mm-hmm. and, and I went there yeah at the end And did you feel you're, um, you got the challenge you were looking for? Was it challenging for you? It was challenging, but I also discovered that uh, like, I'm a world citizen, I think, and I think I can live wherever, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the most challenging thing was pollution. Yeah. Apart from pollution, the rest was okay. Yeah, I feel you with that one, yeah. And, <laughs> I know. and did you actually learn Chinese as well? Or how did you get along with the language skills? I learned a bit of Chinese. I didn't have enough time to do it mm-hmm. uh, because I was working <laughs> kind of lots of hours. But yeah, I got into some Chinese and then now I'm learning more Chinese oh, cool. back home. Okay, yeah. so you keep because it up. I, I love the culture. Yeah, I love the culture. And I don't know if I'll never speak it well, but I just like it to learn it and to see the structure, how their mind works, how they construct. Mm. sentence so yeah. I just like that and I'm I'm learning it for that yeah cool well you already mentioned how you came out of university and you actually thought okay what skills do I have now to offer to an employer and then you went out you worked and you returned to university to do your master's career what would mm-hmm. your take be on how your studies helped you proceed in your career 
Did you think that it was valuable in the first place or did you feel after your degree you really had to go out and work? How was that in the degree that you proceed? It's half and half. The degrees obviously helped me, but it's also the things you do after that mm -hmm. that show to the world, show to like a volunteering program or a company that you have these skills because having a degree, like we are in an age, at least in Europe, that Almost everyone have a degree. So you have to have something else, more skills mm. to like differentiate mm. and like to show an, an, an employer that you are valuable for the company. Mm. Did you? So, yeah, um, I think. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's very important that during the degree actually to get as many chances to get more skills because you are inside a, a university and this gives you a lot of opportunities. And sometimes we don't value this. And we have, if I would study again, mm -hmm. I would do many more things inside. I would talk <laughs> more with teachers and professors. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I would try to get more stuff out of that. But obviously when you are inside and you have a lot of things to do and you have your daily life, mm -hmm. you don't think about this. But now if I would have to tell someone, I would say, do this, do that, like go to... Uh, uh, societies yeah. be a representative of your class uh, like do things mm. that would actually that would have been my next question um, what you if you were part of a society or if you had any specific extracurricular activities why you studied that helped you with your career goals after university as well or is that more a take on where you now see things you could have done that you didn't do no I've been representative both in Barcelona and in Leeds, mm -hmm. and this, I think this is a very interesting like position because yeah. you have to deal with the like you have to connect the class with the professors and like if there is an issue, try to find like a balanced <laughs> solution mm -hmm. and and you get to know a lot of things that you would never know mm. like and you would have to deal with uh, like having to organize activities uh celebrations and a lot of things and mm -hmm. i think i think it was it was very very good especially in the uk because i had we were three representatives so from very different countries from very different backgrounds and we had to decide a lot of things mm -hmm. and we didn't have the same opinion and this like gives you like the perspective of saying okay mm -hmm. i have my opinion but There's this right as well, so let's find a balance mm. because we are representing a whole class of 100 people. Yeah. I'm not representing myself, I'm representing them yeah. and they might not think like me. Yeah, I think it's always very interesting, especially in UK universities, that they offer a lot of different ways to get engaged uh, with the university. And I also, when I visit universities, always say that, like, take these opportunities. There's just so much on offer, which, um, for example, in universities also in Germany or, or France, I I didn't find so much. So I think, yeah, especially in UK universities. In the UK, they do a lot yeah, and it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so apart from... The extracurricular activities. Um, was there something where you say this actually helped me um, landing my first job after university? Or how did you land your first job after university? You already spoke about some challenges. How was that? As I said, I've done some courses in the middle in London and Barcelona, like mm -hmm. entrepreneurial courses and 
like to get skills and stuff very different from like from languages to like uh, computer programs and programming and a lot of different things just to like get skills because mm -hmm. I, I, I was waiting for like to study the masters and to get the scholarship. So mm -hmm. during these months, I met my current boss in mm -hmm. one of these courses and he had this very good idea, which I loved. And it was connected with gastronomy, food, mm -hmm. and the future of of the world and sustainability. So it had everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it helped me a lot. Okay. You it, talked about the, the product a little bit. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing? Because it sounds so interesting. So we can share with the listeners what you're working on right now. Yeah, I'm working for a company that's called Foods for Tomorrow. And as the name says, we are trying to build uh, a model that helps the world to feed everyone in the world. Because mm -hmm. as we know, there are a lot of like, no, like, how do you say it? Oh, my English, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, your English is wonderful. It's very, very good. Like, it's not, we, we are living in an unfair world mm -hmm. and not everyone gets as much food as it's needed. Even and though we, we have enough for everyone. So. Exactly, mm -hmm. and so we are trying to we are trying to build a model that can go everywhere in the world. But at the moment, we are focused in Spain, and we are delivering like delicious vegan products mm -hmm. in the Spanish market. Mm -hmm. And actually, we are already in France, and we are moving like to Germany, the UK, and Italy. And yeah, at the moment, we are doing vegan chicken. Mm -hmm. we, we don't call it like that, but just to make it more understandable, yeah. it's like it's like chicken, but it's 100% vegetable. And and then we do hamburgers and a lot of other things. But the food is a part. But what I, what I like about this project is all the things that we have behind, because we are creating also a movement, a lobby to try mm -hmm. to change society and to try to like work for the like animal rights and work for sustainability because it's obvious that the model we are like living now and like mm. the mass production of meat and like the treatment like these animals get it's it's unfair so we try to, we try to make it more fair for mm. animals and also for the for our health mm. so there's a like whole you, bigger picture to it yeah and you're working again very internationally right so with the different countries and yeah, yeah, and yeah. expanding Look. so Two, yeah. year, uh, two, two weeks ago, I was in the UK. I mm. was, I was um, doing a presentation for a big retailer there. Mm. And then two weeks ago, I was three weeks ago. I was in Madrid, mm. and I'll go to Italy in in one month. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I wouldn't work in, yeah. in a place that I can travel yeah. while I'm working. So that's yeah, really I land in a very nice place. Yeah, that's great. So um, yeah, you talked about already some things that you maybe would have done differently um, in terms of engagement in university and stuff. But now looking back on your still young career, but you have achieved different steps. Um, is there something you say, I could have done that a bit differently or that would have helped me now looking back if I would have adjusted things slightly differently? Uh, especially languages because mm -hmm. when I when I was young like I was 10 or 11 all my family were saying learn languages study languages and I was not interested at all 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't like English. And I was like, with Catalan and Spanish, it's enough. <laughs> and then I realized, why did I not learn these languages before? Mm-hmm. And if I would, I could come back, I would definitely start to study English and other languages, not just English, much before. So mm-hmm. then when I'm 20 something, I can learn the language I like. Mm-hmm. In this case, it would be Chinese mm-hmm. or Italian. Mm-hmm. But then I had to like go to Italy when I was 25, mm. for example, and to learn English when I was 20-something as well. Mm. So if I could come back, I would listen to my family and I would say, <laughs> learn languages before, and okay. then you can learn more languages or more skills after. Mm. But use this time to, like, it also because it develops your brain and it makes you more, like, open to everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Different yeah, ways of thinking. For sure. Yeah. 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 And what do you think, what was the most important for you? Um, if, I would really like to speak a little bit about the Brussels experience as well, because uh-huh. I'm sure that a lot of um, people are very interested in that position you held there. So you were at the um, General Directorate for Communication, right? So yes. still in your communication area, you worked there. But um, yeah, you mentioned that you applied from China and that there might have been an interest in that um, background that you were applying from China. Was there anything else you think that helped you specifically with that, um, getting into that field? I think they value a lot that you you are into politics. Mm. And that you also believe in the European concept. Mm -hmm. And even Mm -hmm. though I personally think we have a lot of things to improve Mm -hmm. from the Mm -hmm. European concept, it's, I like it. And I think, like, it's powerful to think about a place that it's safe, that works for peace, Mm -hmm. and a lot of things. So in my, in my composition, I, I wrote to them, I was very into this, like, I believe in this concept. And mm. the, the the other times I applied, I didn't do it okay. as much. And I think like showing your passion mm-hmm. in general with things like helps you a lot because, mm. as I said, everyone has has degrees now, and everyone like, speaks English, mostly everyone. Mm. So I think passion make like makes the difference. Mm. And yeah, I think that and I was in China at that moment, and this like gives them like information that I'm open-minded and that I would not leave after two weeks, mm. you know, that I can leave wherever. Like this gives me the position to help them because the position actually was to to help the communication department during and like pre and after elections. Yeah, and the position mostly was to engage young people, young Europeans, to participate in the elections. Okay, great. Yeah. Very, very much needed. And I like your take on that passion makes the difference. So that's a good, um, yeah, good take from that experience. Um, talking, it, it does. Yeah. And talking about Europe and the European Union and maybe young people listening to this podcast as well that are interested in opportunities in Spain, for example, Uh, Because I know that a lot of people now currently look at the northern European countries for opportunities, right? But um, what is Spain like right now? What what do you see? What options do you see for young people in the country that you are working in? Also, especially in the startup environment, you're in-house, the startup environment in in Barcelona. What are the options? Uh, 
Yeah, mo most of the people, when they think about Spain, they think about unemployment and especially young unemployment, mm -hmm. which is true. Mm -hmm. It is happening in, in, the, in the whole country. Mm -hmm. But in Barcelona, especially, we are in an environment of startups. Mm -hmm. And I think now I, I was reading in, uh, an article today. They were saying that it's the third city in the world for startups to go mm -hmm. because it has it has a very good environment and actually the local and regional government gives a lot of like importance to startups so they are coming here and like we need people from around the world because these startups need people that speak languages mm -hmm. and that have different skills and in the in the building i'm working it's called barcelona activa which mm -hmm. is like um it's from the council mm -hmm. and it's a place where like with little offices, like there are people from all around the world, mm -hmm. all around. And like there are many languages in the corridors and it's, it's very good. And mm -hmm. I would definitely like tell all the people that are listening, like Barcelona, it's a good place. If you want to start your career in a startup, you mm -hmm. might not get the best salary at the very beginning. You, just, you have to accept that it's a startup, mm -hmm. but you will learn a lot mm. a lot mm. and like what I'm learning like this last year it's crazy mm. it's crazy I'm doing a lot of things and I'm learning a lot of new skills and I get to learn them which in a big company I would never have the chance to learn this because I would do my job it's what I do and I do it very well but I don't learn more because there is another person doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the so, hierarchies are much flatter and the opportunities exactly, are much Exactly, exactly. Here, if I like one project, I can say, oh, I love this project. Please, let me do that. Mm -hmm. And if I have a question, I ask you wherever, wherever, and I can do that. And I, do, mm -hmm. I don't know, I would definitely tell everyone that wants sun, <laughs> nice <laughs> welcoming people, nice food, beach, and everything to come to Barcelona. Yeah. And I'm sure that they will find a they will find a a solution here and a job for sure because they, as I said, Barcelona Activa is helping a lot of international people to get into jobs in yeah. in this environment. I'm telling these buildings. Yeah, I mean we have a very vibrant startup scene here in Berlin as well. But I can totally yeah. see how you would ever always pick Barcelona over Berlin, <laughs> right? And have a bit I of, of Berlin, sunshine, uh, sunshine and light. I totally agree with that. <laughs> So uh, speaking about the startup industry, but you're specifically working in communications, PR and branding. What do you think is a crucial skill? What are employers in your industry looking for to find in young people? And how can you shape these skills early on? Uh, I would say, firstly, it's passion. Because as I said, you know, you enter... I have the qualification, let's say, me and lots of people that work mm. in startups, I have the qualification to get into a big company and to get higher salaries than what I'm earning now. But they look for people with passion and people that want to grow with the company. Mm. And, and growing with the company gives you the chance to like do courses and like learn lots of things in this path. Mm. And the what else I wanted to <laughs> to add? Uh, can you repeat the question, Rana? Sure. Um, I was I was really wondering about what people look um, what employers specifically oh, look yeah, for yeah. in the industry for for young people to join. 
what are skills you think you should bring and you should work on early onwards? Yeah. There are different skills that are needed, which is our languages, for, for sure. For my boss, it was very important that I speak Italian, Spanish, Catalan, and English uh, mm. fluently. So also uh, Italian was important um, for, for you to, to get recruited. Uh, it was not essential, but mm. I Italian market for us, it's very important, and mm. we're trying to get into. And Southern European countries feel very attached with their languages yeah. and they do not speak English in a normal basis as they would do in Norway or mm. Sweden, uh, Holland, all these northern countries. So it's very, it's much easier if you speak, like, I guess, in Portugal, Portuguese, in Spain, Spanish, and in Italy, Italian, and I guess in Greece, Greek. Mm -hmm. All these countries, like, you can go much faster in the introduction of a new product if you speak the language yeah. and to break a lot of barriers. If not, like you might get into someone that does not speak the language and then it's longer and longer and longer. And then uh, apart from languages, I think they look for, from, for people that are, have skills but no that they can have many more and they have the space to have all these skills. Mm. That, you know, like, if you have to learn something, you will do it. Mm. For example, my boss one day, like, we didn't find a designer for one week because we had, like, uh, one designer left and, like, moved somewhere else. And then I had to learn to work with InDesign and Photoshop. Mm. And I had to do things because we had to, like... <laughs> deliver a lot of projects and I had to so yeah. what did I do I go into YouTube and how can I do that how can I do this and you know they look for people that will do that yeah. and it's welcome all right. to like, the startup world yeah it's great exactly. I don't <laughs> you grow with your challenges story. yeah exactly I go to YouTube and I check YouTube and they give me solutions and if I have to work till nine one day it's all right Mm, yeah cool so um yeah maybe just uh, two three final questions so we actually already talked about advice you talked about languages and also being involved in societies and stuff is there something else you would tell your 20 year old you some advice you would give especially looking on working internationally is there anything that um yeah you have you have taken uh, as an experience that you would um yeah advise someone to Yeah, like if I look, if I would tell something to my 20 Bernard, I would say travel as much as you travel. That's for sure. And if you can more. And I would tell myself to do things that they might not be like job skills, but to do things that you love to do. Mm. If you love to read, read a lot. If you love to write, 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 write. Mm. If you want to, I don't know, like dance, dance a lot, mm. you know, like because this, this makes you interesting. Mm. And when you, when you bright, when you are bright because you are happy and because you are, you feel good inside, right? Then you shine and then you get, you get chances here and there. And, mm. When, for example, when I was close and when I was like, oh, my God, I will never find a job, a job I love. I will have to work for th for projects I don't like. I, 
I never found a job mm. in these days, never. And I get into interviews that were not interesting at all. But then when I said, okay, if you are having not a good time, you, you rest, go home, do the things you like, shine again, <laughs> and go, go back to the street to say, hey, I'm here, I have skills, I think I'm good with what I'm doing, and I can offer you that. And then you get the job. And this is what I ha- what it happened. And exactly that's what it so happened. beautiful, yeah. That's such a nice closing word. I almost want to take this passion <laughs> and this like beautiful words as a closing word. But the final question would be also in that same sphere. Um, if there are people that are thinking of going abroad or working abroad and they're unsure and, and maybe sometimes as well the concern, will it rather help my career? Will it hurt my career? What would you say, what was the most valuable things that you learned from working abroad or a lesson that you would never trade that really, um, yeah, that you learned while being abroad? I would definitely tell them to be afraid is all right. And it's good because that means that you are excited. But don't let this fear stop you. Because a lot of chances in our lives, lots mm. in my life and lots in everyone's lives, like don't don't get into something good because we are afraid. Mm. So if you feel afraid to go to China or to go to New Zealand because you will be so far from your family, so far from your friends, it's all right. You can always go back and it's okay to commit mistakes. This is something what, that I learned when I, when I was traveling, when I was working abroad. It was like, it's all right to commit mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And repeat it as many times as you need. It's all right to commit mistakes. It's all right to commit mistakes. It's all right. Mm-hmm. And you will. But if you like get into the easy path and you feel inside that you are afraid to do other things, at the end you will reach a point in your life that you will say, what? Really? Mm-hmm. I'm here I didn't do anything I wanted. Yeah, I was in a safe place, but now I don't feel fulfilled mm. at all. And if I, I go back into my life and I think if I would have stayed here, which was the easiest at that point, uh, stay in Barcelona, work in Barcelona forever, and like, oh, I, I, I feel empty when I think about this. I feel empty. Mm. Totally. And so that's a really, really nice uh, closing word to um, not be afraid to be afraid, but still face your fears and go exactly. with the challenge. Not be afraid to be afraid. Yeah, yeah. It's all right to be afraid. Yeah. Great. That's wonderful. And um, Bernard, we will also share, um, if you want to, you can give us some contact details or where we can find you on social media. And maybe you also want to share um, a website or so for your Foods for Tomorrow. So we can also put it in the description of the podcast. So if people want to see more That's of great. you or of the company, um, they can have a look in, and check it out. That's great because we might need people from around the world to help us to build this change in in all the food system. Awesome. Thank you so much for speaking to me, Bernal. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and your motivation. And um, we hope we can uh, pass it on through this podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rana. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed these insights and are ready to grow beyond. If you have any questions or feedback, please head to www.growbeyond.com, beyond spelled with you because it's all about you, or email rona at growbeyond.com. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. All infos are also in the description of this podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you. Let's grow. I'm Rona. Thank you for listening. Thank you.